Good evening, and welcome everyone to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 11 of Revelation chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verse 12. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And this is the heavenly host, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands of angels, in all probability, representing God's elect. And they are proclaiming the worthiness of the Lamb that was slain, slain from the foundation of the world. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, which took away the sins of his people. And and they uh, declare that he is worthy to receive these seven things. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. And the number seven uh, has to do with the perfection of of each one of these things that are mentioned that the Lord Jesus Christ is receiving the absolute perfection of power and perfection of riches and perfection of wisdom and so on and and God takes the time to list these things so we want to um go through and and look at each one just a little bit to uh, consider really and, and to think what God is telling us of the victorious Lamb of God, the one that overcame and therefore is worthy uh, to uh, receive all these things. Now, the first thing that God mentions is power. The Lamb that was slain is worthy to receive power. And remember, we read in Romans chapter 1, and let's turn over there in Romans 1, beginning in verse 3, uh, we read these things concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, which was made of the seed of David, according to the flesh and declared to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead and that resurrection took place from the foundation of the world that's when the lord jesus died for the sins of his people and that is the time when he was resurrected in uh, and gave all evidence that he had overcome that he had won the victory over sin and death and at that point, he was declared to be the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. And no wonder then the lamb that is in view in Revelation 5, the lamb that has overcome. And how did he overcome? But by rising from the dead, demonstrating that death had no power over him, that he was stronger more powerful than death itself. And and so he is worthy to receive the perfection of power. And the second thing mentioned is 
riches. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive riches. And of course, God is not referring to earthly riches or material things. No, that that um, would be nothing to the one who created all things. The, those aren't the riches that interest God. Those aren't the true riches anyway. The true riches must be something that is eternal. We read in Romans chapter 9, in verse 23, And that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory. There is described some of the riches of God, the riches of his glory. Look in Romans 11, in verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Notice that phrase at the beginning of this verse, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. We we often say that the Bible is a very deep book that you can uh, search the scriptures and search the scriptures for your whole lifetime and and you would never plumb the depths of the truth that is within and that is a true statement we cannot um given our limitations with our finite nature and our temporal lifespan in this world we can never plumb the depths of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of god and that helps us to understand this word riches. Again, it is uh, related to spiritual riches, to eternal riches, to God's wisdom and knowledge. We uh, learn a little bit of these things, of the wisdom and knowledge of God, as we learn truth from the Word of God. But we're always learning truth from the word of God. It, it, it's really incredibly sad that, uh, many in the churches and some outside of the churches have the idea that there is no such thing as progressive revelation. In other words, they think they've reached the high water mark of knowledge. They, they think they've learned all there is to learn of the Bible. And it must be that they think that uh, because whenever uh, a child of God puts forth information from the word of God that is uh, new, that brings correction to something previously thought, oh, no, oh, no, we uh, we don't go in for progressive revelation. Uh, we uh, basically they're saying there's nothing new to be learned. There's there's no further insight for us to gain we'll just hold on to what we have and of course that's one of the reasons that kind of mindset that god has brought judgment on the churches and congregations because they have uplifted and held their confessions and creeds and their uh, denominational positions above the teachings of the bible and of course 
there is progressive revelation. There, there is depths of riches of the Bible, uh, riches uh, that that are hidden treasure, and depths that mere man, mortal, finite, tiny little man, cannot uh, ever reach. It is only by the grace of God and His um, kindness towards us, as He has opened up the Scriptures to reveal certain truths to his people at this time, the time of the end, that we are able to learn some things. And and yet, uh, of course, God hasn't opened up everything. But before this is completed, uh, God's program for this world, we will have learned everything that he wants us to learn. Well, there again is this word riches. We we find in Ephesians chapter 3, it says in verse 8, Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And who is Christ? Well, Christ is the Word made flesh. He is the embodiment, the personification of the Word of God, the Bible. And so the Apostle Paul, writing under inspiration of God, speaks of preaching among the Gentiles, the nations, the unsearchable riches of Christ or of this Word we are so privileged to have in our possession if we have a Bible or to have access to in in whatever way we're able to access it. It is unsearchable by men. And remember what God says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, in verse 10. No, let me begin in verse 9, because this relates. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God, the depths of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. Remember we read in Romans, these are the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God. The, the deep things, knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And then the Lord goes on to explain how God gives those things through the process of comparing spiritual with spiritual, and then the Holy Ghost teaches. But notice the deep things of God, which are the Bible, His Word, that no man knows these things. We would be fooling ourselves. Anyone uh, who thinks that because they can uh, take a seminary course or, or graduate from seminary and and then maybe move on to get their doctorate, and they become a doctor of theology, that that qualifies them 
to know the deep things of God is utterly deceived. They, they are no, uh, more qualified to know these deep things of God than an ant would be qualified to know, um, anything found in a medical journal if you found the ant walking along the pages of an open book. Uh, the, the ant might be, uh, upon that book and perhaps um, it might be able to deceive his fellow ants into thinking he knows something, but the reality is he doesn't know a thing about that complex book. And that's a book written by men. And uh, mankind knows nothing about the deep things of God, these, these infinitely deep um, uh, uh, thoughts of an eternal being, uh, this this God who can speak a word and bring a creation like this uh, into existence, what can we know of him? Nothing but what he wants us to know. And he has given us the Bible that we might search, but searching without his help will be fruitless. It will uh, bring us no closer to understanding. It requires the Spirit of God to know the things of God, just like no man knows the things of a man except the Spirit within him. Likewise, no one knows the things of God but the Spirit of God. It requires not only a lamp but oil within the lamp to light it that we might be able to see and gain knowledge. Well, these are the riches that Christ is worthy to receive. And and it's related that the Lamb was given the book. Remember in Revelation 5, Thou art worthy to take the book. The book contains all of these riches that we're reading about. And thou art worthy to unseal the book and... Uh, this means that Christ is worthy to receive the spiritual riches. Of course he is. He he is the essence of them. Uh, everything within that book is speaking of him. And, and so he is worthy as the lamb to receive these riches. Let's also, uh, th- this is such a... Uh, edifying thing for us to think about. Let's also um, look at Ephesians 3, verse 16, concerning riches, where it says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Riches of glory, riches of wisdom, riches of knowledge. And, and God also says in Philippians chapter 4, he he refers to uh, more riches and glory in verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. These are the riches, not uh, gold and silver or dollars and cents, not uh, coins or, or paper money, not things uh, houses and and boats or or whatever things you can find the the riches of this world are paltry they're they they uh, 
pale in comparison to the glorious riches of the kingdom of God, of Christ himself. Well, in our verse in Revelation 5, uh, it says in verse 12, again, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom. You see, it, uh, Jesus is all these things, and and yet he is said to receive them. Uh, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll see uh, what wisdom is. It says there, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus is wisdom. But you see, all the things that Christ is are are uh, being given back to him in a sense. He has uh, been restored as the lamb that was slain. Uh, he emptied himself of his glory. And, and now it is uh, perhaps as though God is... Um, saying now you have received all these things once again as you have risen from the dead. Because it would be true that if Christ had remained dead, he would have lost everything, all of the unsearchable riches of his person and his kingdom, all of the tremendous power and and untold things that that our minds cannot grab a hold of that belong to him as the eternal king of kings and lord of lords as the one who has always been he uh dared to die for the sake of uh poor um rebellious sinners for for well wretched filthy sinners for those that have shaken their puny little fist at him for little creatures that he created and he the creator uh dared to die for them and in dying well then if he had remained dead he would have lost the uh the deep things of god he he would have lost the the treasures of heaven but he was able to win the victory and to overcome death and rise from the dead and and to now gloriously uh, be seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of God to gloriously reign as the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, the lamb worthy to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength. Now, the word strength is translated as power also. It's also translated as mighty in Ephesians chapter 1 and in verse 19. It says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power and the mighty power of God, the mighty power that belongs to him. Well, he is he is worthy to receive it. And and God goes on with this heavenly proclamation of 
the perfection of these glorious attributes of the Lord Jesus Christ that he and he is worthy of each one that he is worthy to receive power riches wisdom strength and honor the bible tells us something very simple and and yet true in romans chapter 13 in verse 7 there it says render therefore to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due custom to whom custom fear to whom fear honor to whom honor and that is exactly what is happening in the heavenlies in the throne room of god the one due the one worthy of honor is receiving honor from those that he has redeemed from the sinners that he has saved from the godhead uh, itself from the three persons and yet one god all are uh, declaring his glory and and declaring that he is worthy to be honored and the next word does say uh, glory he is worthy to receive honor and glory now in john 17 john 17 we read in verse 4 i have glorified thee on the earth i have finished the work which thou gavest me to do and now o father glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which i had with thee before the world was and again in verse 22 and the glory which thou gavest me i have given them that they may be one even as we are one the glory that christ had with the father before the world was well now that glory uh, it is being showered upon him as he is receiving these things honor and glory and blessing uh, is the seventh attribute the seventh um listing this the seventh praise given by his elect he is worthy of blessing you know we normally think that um, god is the one that does the blessing and that's true god is the one that bestows blessing upon us uh, who are we to think that we can bless anyone let alone god but it's also true that god is in himself blessed he is able to bestow blessing to grant blessing to others because he is the the very essence of blessing we um we read this in romans chapter 1 in verse 25 who changed the truth of god into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And also in Romans 9 and verse 5, Whose are the fathers, and of whom is concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. That This is something 
that God is. He is blessed. He is blessing. And, and that's why, uh, when God saves a person and he goes and enters into that individual, that individual becomes blessed due to the identification with the one that is blessing himself. Well, what, what a, a wonderful praise this is to God. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And verse 13 goes on to say, And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Some of the very same attributes or, or praises are, are declared again. Can we ever praise God enough? Can we ever thank Him enough that uh, we, we have done it sufficiently and there is no need to praise Him or thank Him any further? Of course not. No, we will be praising God eternally forever and ever we read in the psalms and uh the these psalms are are wonderful so i'm just going to read psalm 148 praise ye jehovah praise ye jehovah from the heavens praise him in the heights praise ye him all his angels praise ye him all his hosts praise ye him sun and moon Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of Jehovah, for he commanded, and they were created. He has also established them forever and ever. He has made a decree which shall not pass. Praise Jehovah from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word. Mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the, of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of Jehovah, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalteth the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him. Praise ye Jehovah. And also in Psalm 150, Praise ye Jehovah. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise Jehovah. Praise ye Jehovah. It, it was pointed out to me recently that Psalm 150 has the word praise 13 times in it. 13 times God is to be praised. And why would that be? Well, of course, 
The number 13 points to super fullness. It points to the end of time, to the end of this world. And therefore, it also points to the beginning of the new heaven and new earth, which will take place once this world is destroyed. And then all of God's elect and all principalities and powers and all the heavenly host and everything that has life from God will praise him in unison in glorious song. God will be exalted and receive the honor and the glory and the power that is due unto his name, for he is worthy as the Lamb of God, worthy to be praised.